0: Well, what is up, everybody, on this beautiful Memorial Day? Beautiful thanks to the men and women who've served this great country of ours, who've done the jobs that none of us would want to do, who have fought for our freedom. And our safety, and continue to fight for our freedom and our safety. They are people's sons and daughters. They're mothers and fathers. It's the stuff I I didn't really take into account until my son joined the military. And that is really when that shit hit home. So everybody, big hug to all. Who serve and have served You know what I mean You know what we should do You see one of those guys, one of those girls out At Starbucks, at the airport Man, buy them their lunch Don't tell them who did it Just tell the wait staff, I'll get that one Can't afford lunch, get them a coffee Can't afford a coffee Shake their motherfucking hand. Nice to be appreciated, guys, for a difficult job. And hello, everybody. Fresh back from a uh, weekend, a wonderful weekend with the beautiful Bethany Ashton Wolf in San Francisco at Cobb's Comedy Club. What a fantastic weekend I had up there. Thank you to everybody who came out to those shows. Um, Yeah, man, it was it was a lot, a lot of fun. I have to tell you a couple things, first of all couple things I want to get to, and, and, and uh, you know how I plan these now. I plan them. These mother scratchers are planned. So uh, yeah, a couple things I want to get to. I want to get to, I want to tell you a story about, I'm sure some of you have heard it, uh, me talking about my son in Afghanistan, uh, but just kind of my experiences for that on this Memorial Day. Um, I also, somebody asked me to tell the story of about the belts and buckles that Beth and I sold to pay for our wedding. I don't know if you, if I've told that on here. I swear I have. But if not, I will. Very shortly. In this, let's start out with my stand-up. Well, guys. Um, I it, a couple things happened this weekend. One. Um, I... Okay. I wonder, because I'm really hard on myself, I'm really fucking hard on myself, as far as my sets, I don't think I'm ever really, it's very rare that I walk off stage, and I'm like, my fucking love that, and um, so I'm really hard on myself, and, and I, I, I don't know if that's kind of the mechanism to, or like, that I have, that my subconscious pushes up to keep pushing me to not be uh, not get stagnant with my material or not be satisfied with where I am. I don't know, but I wish man, I wish, you know, I wish I could enjoy it. I'd Enjoy it, but I wish I could enjoy the me part of it more. I wish I could um I wish I would allow myself to give myself a li- like a little bit of credit. You know what I mean? I wonder at the same time I wonder if that would change how I went about my job. I always think it's important, like... You know, it used to bother me when you would hear people like, great, and I'm not comparing myself to these people, so just slow your fucking roll already. But when you talk, when you hear LeBron talking about, you know, this is my team, and I know I'm the best player on the team, and as the best player in the leader, you know what I mean? Like, where he's... Look, he's not saying something that's a lie. And if he said, you know, as the third best player on the team, everybody would be like, what the fuck, dude? You're clearly not the third best player on the team. But, um... I, I used to, used to bother me where I would be like, you know, be a little more humble. But why, why does he have to be more humble? He's not bragging. The athletes, when they talk about my team and the guys, they look up to, they're not bragging. That is what it is. So I, I wonder if I, if I could give myself permission in the future, just to be like, enjoy, I enjoy when I'm on set on stage, I enjoy it so much. But when I get off stage, all I can think about is that one dude where I looked over, or this one joke that I thought would do better, and, and I'm, I'm not giving myself a break. And I don't I wonder if you guys do that too, where you're definitely harder on yourself than you are on other people. That I I for sure am. But it was a fantastic weekend. I love San Francisco. Oh my God. I love that city, man. And I went to um a weed store up there called Urban Farm. And if if you live in San Francisco, go to Urban Farm. What an amazing shop, man. And it's really cool. It's decorated like kind of steampunky. And they got a huge uh, uh, like assortment and, and, and choices for edibles. They got a lot of great flour. But they also, I think he said that they're one of four or five places in the city where you can have an open flame so you can get in there and smoke. Like There's a little side place where you. That's the future, man. I'm telling you what the future's going to be. And this is what I love. Not too far in the future. There's just going to be like weed bars. You're just going to walk in like a regular bar. You're going to walk up to the bar. You're going to be like, get me a, and you're just going to smoke weed. You smoke weed. Or we, it's going to be like Amsterdam. How great is that going to be? That's going to be pretty fucking amazing. I was also on Sports Nation today. Me and Freddie Prince were on there because Beetle took time off. I love doing that show. I love doing that show. I would so love to do more sports shit. Uh, I, I I would love to do more stuff like that. But that it, I always so much fun when they give me the honor and and, and privilege of going on there. I was on there with LZ and Marcellus and Freddie. It was a good time. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, it was. Uh, I love driving down there and doing that show. I brought Jakey down there. Excuse me. I brought Jakey down there. Oh. And when we got there, another pet peeve. You know, like when you got, you, you know, like bad parkers or the dude who thinks his car is so cool that he parks diagonally across two spots. Oh, my God. I think as a rule, if you park across two parts spots because you think your car is so fucking cool, one somebody should be able to go and just kick your car door. Not even key it just a, a mule kick to the door. That the one should, should be allowed to do. Everybody should get one mule kick per lifetime that we get to save for some douche face who decides to park across two fucking spots. I mean, listen, if you were so scared that somebody's gonna scratch your car, don't don't buy that fucking car. You're, I've never owned a car that didn't get scratched. Never owned a a car that how can you possibly have you been to a Trader Joe's parking lot I mean it's like Lord of the Flies in those fucking things I think it's the same in every Trader Joe's they buy a nice building with the smallest piece of land in front of it so they can just watch people tear each other to pieces in the fucking parking lot oh my god and it's combined like with the grocery store parking lots good fucking nuts the grocery store parking lots because you know Depending on what time of the day, you could get caught behind an old woman pushing a cart in the middle of the parking lot, right? You know when they they just push it really slowly to get to their car and you don't want to honk at them? Because, you know, one car horn could stop a heart, you know what I mean? And you don't want to do that shit. So you're just going like half a mile an hour and, and she's just shuffling along to her car. Good night. That. Is Trader jo- In Trader Joe's parking lot, people are vicious. But I always... Now listen, between me and you, I always park illegally in those spots, in those parking lots. Those parking lots are so fucking busy, right? Park illegally. Park illegally. Because if they call a tow truck, it's going to back up that parking lot. They don't give a shit. The people who work inside Trader Joe's don't care. Just don't park in front of their trash can. They don't give a shit where you park. They just want you in the store. And they definitely don't want a tow truck in the parking lot. Well, I park illegally all the time. I used to, you know, when Jakey was a uh, on, uh, when he played baseball growing up, we always tried to get the Red Sox, right, team? And um, whenever we got the Red Sox, I had him convinced that it was okay to park in a red zone. I would say red zone, Red Sox. And he'd be like, oh, okay. my <laughs> One of my favorites. You know what else is one of my favorites? When he, when he was young, he w- I could trick him, because he was a kid, and kids are stupid. Let's admit it. Babies are fucking dumb. They're so dumb. They can't do anything. Like, babies are dumb as fuck, and kids are not that much smarter, right? So, I had him convinced, you know, when I first got my first minivan, it was fancy, guys. It was fancy. It had both, you know, automatic sliding doors on the both sides, and it had the back, you know, the rear that opened automatically Now i know all the cars have them now but back then that was top of the line minivan shit right captain's chairs the whole we had a sunroof in the front and the back oh come on um so but you could also control the music on the steering wheel and um i had him convinced that i could control music on the radio with my brain because, uh, you know, he didn't see my left hand working. Or my right hand. I forget which one it was. But, he, you know, he was in his car seat. And I'd be like, stare at the radio. And he'd stare at it. And I'd just switch it. And he'd be like, oh, my God. So he, I had him going for a long time. And then I forgot about it. And we didn't do it for a couple years. And then he was probably 10 or 11. Let's call him 10. Let's call him 9. 9 or 10. And he's in the back seat with his friend. And... <laughs> He's in the backseat with his friend, and uh, he starts to brag about me. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. And he goes, yeah, and my dad also, they're bragging about each other's dads. And he's like, my dad can control the radio with his brain. And I was like, oh, no. Because, you know, because I'm either going to have to lie to another kid and hope he's not smart enough to figure it out, or I'm just going to have to tell my son that, yeah, I've just been fucking with you the whole time. I think, and when I told him, I was like, what? And his friend was like, you can control it on the steering wheel, Jacob. And Jacob goes, no, my dad does it with his brain. And I was like, oh, boy. And I finally had to tell him, it's on the steering wheel, dude. And he was like, that was like the time we had to tell him he was Asian. That was so funny. He was in the back seat. And Beth and I were in the front seat. And um, he had said something about maybe, I don't know how old he was, 10 or 11. And his biological mom, you know, has some Asian there. And so that's why he kind of has that Miles Tellery look, you know, and um, so he's in the back and he said something about the Asian dude driving next to us, made some sort of ridiculous remark. And I was like, dude, I'd slow down with that shit. I go, you know, you're Asian, right? And he was like, what? I'm not Asian. I go, yeah, you are. You're Asian. He goes, I'm not Asian. And he was like, mom, am I Asian. She goes, yeah, you're Asian. And he was like, why am I Asian? I'm like, because Malia is Asian. And there was just dead silence. And he was like, "Well, why does that mean I'm Asian? I'm like, dude, because that's just how it goes. How do you think that shit works? Oh, man. He, yeah. I remember the first time Beth and I went away. Jacob Wolf has one of the biggest hearts in the world. Beth and I have done a lot of different businesses, you know, before we got to this point. By the way, best movie got bought by Lionsgate and will be out in October. It's called Forever My Girl. I'll remind you guys. But and I'm going to be in Charlotte this week, uh, June. What is it? First, second, third, or something like that. And uh, Jacksonville the next week, whatever that. Eighth, uh, ninth, tenth, maybe. But um, the first, Beth and I have done some crazy. Let me think. Let me think. What our what we've done to make money. We started, I'll tell you, and then I'll tell you the belt and buckle story, right? So we have sold rugs. We sold rugs online. We would buy rugs. We'd find them cheap and then resell them for more rugs. And Beth would make it sound like, so if we bought them from like, let's say we bought them from a dude on Fairfax. She's such a good writer. She could write this flowery description of it, which is really exactly what it is, but it made it sound so good. And we would just sell them. Now, it turns out, at the end of the day, after two months, maybe we did it for three months, I was like, I think we're losing money. And this was at a time, guys, where when, we, when I say we were living paycheck to paycheck, that would assume that we had a paycheck. Uh, but we were selling rugs, man. And it, it seemed like every now and then we'd be making money, and then I'd be like, are we negative? Like, we had zero. We did that. Um, We, uh, oh, the belts and buckles, man. Oh, we started a t-shirt company called Bird Milk. B-Y-R-D-M-I-L-K. It was a skateboard clothing company. Um, It was me, Beth, and my brother-in-law, Jace, who's living at the house with us right now. And um, Bird Milk, we started a, it was like a skateboard gear, and you know this was back before the word midget was a no-no. And our our guy, our little skateboarder, we we hired this dude and we had uh it was Mike the Midget with this tall sexy blonde. And they were on all our t-shirts in cartoons and on in 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 like a a real photo. And they, they were really cool, man. It was really cool, but we learned a lot. We it's look that That business, that retail business, that clothing is fucking hard as shit. We learned a lot. We went down to this convention in San Diego. We did the whole thing. I don't think we sold our t-shirts to a... I mean, we made a bunch. We went to Goodwill probably a couple years ago with boxes of those. Although the beanies were super cool. I think we sold a bunch of beanies and a bunch of the sweatshirts we sold too. Um, And I may have one Mike the Midget shirt left. Maybe I'll take a picture. If I take a picture, I'm gonna get a shit ton of grief online. I told a joke this weekend, and I was I, I, in my act. I talk about how one of the kids is not that bright, and not school wise, just walking around the world wise, not that bright. And some woman got so upset; she was like, "Oh," and I was like, "What? What? What? The f- what?" I, anyways, I don't want to get off on that. We're no, no tangents. I'm trying to stick to the script. We'll see how this goes. We'll see if you guys respond to the stick to the script. So, our, the thing that we did to pay for our wedding—I don't know if I ever told you guys this story, but I thought I did. Maybe not. We okay? One, we were broke. I promise that I've told this story. Maybe, but I'll tell more detail. So, we're broke, and uh, I pay our December bills, and I probably we probably have. $400 left in our bank maybe 500 we have our wedding in April we've already paid all the deposit for everything but you have wedding in April so we need to pay I think we probably owed listen and here's another thing that Beth and I decided this weekend when we were in San Francisco and one of the reasons that we work well together we go all in we go all in even on shit that people look at it, and we failed man we failed on a lot of stuff but we go all in so, look, you're talking about two people with $500. We had, and we had both of us had in mind the wedding we wanted. So, we, we had paid the deposits and we still owed probably $20,000. $20, but we that's what we had decided we were going to do, and that's what we're going to do, and we went all in on it, right? But so we had January, well, the rest of December, January, February, March, not only to come up with $20,000. Um, but to also we had to pay four months worth of just living right and how the fuck were we gonna do that I wasn't making any money I don't think Chelsea hadn't started yet you know my last writing gig had ended a while ago and I was I was like what is how you know how are we gonna have this wedding but how are we gonna stay in our apartment and all this shit and and so Beth and I had seen my friend had gone to Mexico and had brought back this belt buckle and we were like that's cool and um, Beth was like, I got an idea. And we went down to Mexico, and it was a belt buckle with a scorpion in it. I, I, you know what? I have one. I'm going to take a picture of it, if you guys want to see it. Uh, I'll take a picture of that in the belt. And we went down there, and Beth talked to a bunch of people and basically designed two different belt buckles. One was like a scorpion, and now there was already a pre-existing one down there that we bought a couple of those too, but she designed another one with a tiny little scorpion in there. The bigger ones were already down there. And then also one with abalone shell on the outside and dried flowers on the inside. It was really cool, right? Um, but so uh, we go down there, we design them. We find this guy to make belts for us and also engrave them. Like we put on the back El Jefe, El Guapo, Bonita, you know, just a couple of messages or whatever sayings. And and we were like, let's, let's bring it up to, let's buy a couple. Um, and listen, guys. We were buying them for shit. I guess if you count, let's not count the gas it took me to get down there and food just per belt. So every belt and buckle combined, I think was like ten dollars combined. Might have been fifteen. Let's say fifteen. And um, I was like, these look way more expensive. The leather's real, it's handmade, it's hand stitched. These belt these belt buckles are fucking handmade. They got a scorpion in them. They got cool stones on the outside. I was like, I bet you we can get like seventy bucks for these things. So we go to my friend, who's you know in the fashion industry, and 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 she was like, uh, and she's a stylist. And we were like, how much can we get for these? Can we, I was like, can we sell them for seventy dollars? And she said, no, you can't sell them for seventy dollars. But you could sell them for three hundred and fifty. And I was like, what? She said, you live in L.A. So nobody's going to buy like a middle-of-the-road belt buckle. People are going to buy a cheap belt buckle. People don't have money. Or the rich people want to buy expensive shit. But nobody's going to buy that $70 belt buckle. She was like, well, you could sell it for $350. I was like, get out of here. She was like, yeah, yeah, easy. She goes, if you put that in Fred Siegel, they could sell that for $350. So I, I we tried it. We got a couple samples. I went to every fucking store in every store and we just pitched the shit at them handmade blah 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 we'll sell them to you you know and i you know i told them i didn't tell them how much we got them for but we'll sell them to you for 175 dollars. so we sold them to stores for anywhere between 150 and 175 dollars. they retailed them for anywhere from 300 to $350. They cost me anywhere from 10 to $15. We used to do trunk sales, you know, to go to people's houses. And they would get them for a discount. We'd sell them for 200 bucks, 200 bucks. these people bought these. Now, I got to tell you something. They were super cool. My dad still wears his. They were super cool. There are people, you know, Beth and I actually were walking down Ventura the other day. And some woman stopped us and she was like, you're the belt and buckle people, right? And we were like, not anymore. No, that's not our thing. Uh, but yeah, so, but a couple times we went down to Mexico and shit got a little dicey. One time, uh, and I'll tell you the last time I went down there, the last time I went down was because I was about to get killed. Not, not kidding. The last time I went down there, oh, a couple, few times actually. So we would go and we were selling a shit ton of them, right? And then I would go back down to the dude who was making our belt buckles. Now the guy who made our belts like clockwork. He would make them like clockwork, and he was great, no problem, right? Um, And he was him and his wife were in the shop. They were a nice older couple. We always give him a couple extra dollars. He had our belts already. We would buy fifty to two hundred at a time, right? And um, but the dude who made our belt buckles, I went back down to him one day, and I had given him probably five hundred dollars the week before. And I go, I need some more belt buckles, and he goes, I uh, I don't uh, I don't I'm not making them. And I was like, why? He was like, I still have money. I said, what? He goes, I'm not working right now because I still have some money that you gave me. And I was like, yeah, but I'm, if you work some more, I'll give you some more money. He's like, but I don't need any more money right now. I still have some money that you gave me. So I had to find another dude to make the bell puckles. I had to do that four times. That's why the business went under because eventually the first dude ran out of money and he came to me and I was already at somebody else. So he, he was like, well, if somebody likes these, everybody's going to like them, so they made them and started selling them in Tijuana for like 20 bucks, and then, you know, somebody from Fred Siegel came back up and was like, we saw your belt buckle in Tijuana for 20 bucks, but by that time, we had already had the wedding, and anyways, I digress, so this was the time, right, because I had to go to, oh, I went to Tijuana, I went to Rosarita, I went all over the place looking for people to make shit, and I remember one time, I was, I was waiting for a dude who was going to make the, that fucking dog next door is the worst, um, I went next Holy shit. You're about to hear me scream out the window at that fucking dog. Anyways, so this one time we went down there and, uh, oh, dude, this dude made me some homemade tequila, which was fantastic. But I was in Tijuana and I'm waiting for a dude who's going to make me some, because we we had run out of uh, the bell puckers with dry flowers, which really, hold on, guys. You're about to hear it. You're about to hear Shut the fuck up Sorry about that Sorry guys That dog barks like 20 hours a day I mean 20 fucking hours a day And the dude next door doesn't do shit Barks 20 Fucking hours a day That little motherfucker Oh my god Holy shit uh, I I don't know if I can do it, guys. I honestly I don't know if you can hear it, but I, it's it's literally driving me bananas. This little fucking drop kick dog. Oh, oh now there's another one. The one the one in the yard next to him is joining in. Uh, all right. So hold on one second. I gotta press pause on this. I gotta press pause. Whew. so well, that was almost a fight. Yeah, it was. Listen. Ah. Oh, my God. Whew. He just he never brings the dog inside. Dude never brings his dog inside. So he just sits outside and barks all fucking day. And I'm like, dude, you got to bring your dog inside. He goes, he just barks all day. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's not my problem. If he's barking in your house, that's, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. I, I know it's annoying because it's right in my ear right now. Anyways. So, uh, one time I'm walking down Tijuana, the street in Tijuana, right? And, uh, whew, sorry, that was that was a quick rise. So mad. I'm still a little short-tempered. You know why I'm a little short-tempered? I have not. Well, there's been some stuff going on in my life and I just haven't let myself express it. And when I don't let myself express it, it comes out in anger probably a little quicker than it should. And that is, you know, one of my many faults. But one of my many faults is that I don't allow myself to express emotions that I may consider to be weak or that I don't want other people to see. And then it comes out in a negative way. And I'm working on that shit, guys. I'm working on it. Um, my road rage is getting way better. Like Freddie Prince says, be water, my friend. Anyways, Tijuana. Holy shit. Walking down the street coffee in my hand back when I was drinking coffee (laughs) and I'm waiting for this dude who's gonna bring me some oh gotta tell you that part too bringing me some belt buckles with dried flowers those ended up being the biggest sellers women loved them loved them okay it's what I sold to Nordstrom I sold those to Nordstrom that's what they finally put us over the top to be able to have our wedding I'll get to that too so I, I'm walking on Tijuana, Tijuana and this guy goes, I hear this guy go, hey, and I'm walking, I, I get a coffee in my hand, it's probably 9.30 in the morning, hey, and I go, yeah, and he goes, you want women? I go, what? And, I'm, and I look up and he's standing in front of a strip club, I go, do I want women? He goes, yeah, you want women? I go, plural, do I want women, plural? He was like, how many do you want? I'm like, well, none, I don't want any, but are you, are you giving them away? He's like, no, 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 they're inside. And I go, oh. He goes, you want to come inside? I go, nah. He goes, $30, you can do whatever you want. I go, nah. He goes, 20 I go, nah. He goes, 10 I go, I'll take a look. I mean, just because at that point in time, guys, it was more just about who, what is a 9.30 a.m., $10 stripper who I can do anything I want to look like? I mean, that's all it was. It was just a simple, it was a, it was was it was a curiosity purchase. So he goes. Do you want to leave the coffee outside? I'm like, no. I was thinking to myself, I'm not staying very long. I just want to kind of get a quick. It's a, it's worth the ten dollar looksy loo You know what I mean? Like, definitely worth the ten dollar looksy loo So I go in, and you know, like it's when it's bright outside and it's dark inside. It takes a second to adjust, and uh, it takes a second to adjust. But I hear all these these footsteps, and I finally adjust, and there's just a bunch of there was just a bunch of kids scattering. Oh my god. It was the 9:30 a.m. shift, guys, is for moms. yeah, so uh, it was not um, what's the best way to put this. It was not great. I The guy was like, "Which one you want?" I'm like, "Well, none of them. I just wanted to see uh, I just wanted to see what what was happening in here. And he was like, "No no, 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 let me get you my best. Let me get you my best." And he waves this woman over. oh my god she had to be like mid 50s mid 50s uh and like i mean i would mid 50s that's all the way we'll describe her probably a little more hair than i would like on anybody who's going to be stripping for me and uh i was like you know i'm gonna pass but here's your ten dollars and thank you for letting me come in. I walked back outside. I was like, that was the craziest. Because the 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 eight, eight, eight women in there. Look, you don't staff a place with eight women. Unless you're expecting people. That means that that strip club at 9.30 in the morning has seen more than eight customers at once. I mean... What? That's what I left with. I'm like, not only is that like the PTA club, like that's I felt like I walked into a PTA, like a weird PTA meeting. But like uh who's going to a strip club at 9 30 in the morning with kids running around? It was crazy. This dude who I was meeting ended up being the most reliable guy, right? And and we had gone to Well, and then I'll tell you why I never went back to Rosarito. I'll tell you this first. I was in Rosarito. I was going to my belt guy. And it was at this big market in Rosarito. And um, I uh, I go into the belt place. And I start to belt place. And the and the older gentleman who took care of me he was my buddy. And he always, we split like a burrito. I'd bring some food in. Or he would. Ha- his wife would have made some food. And we'd sit down and talk. And we'd go over. And he's like, how's, how's business? Good, good. And um he pulls me into a shop as I'm walking around because I always walked around just to see if anybody had anything new. And he pulls me in and he goes, Hey. And I go, yeah, and he goes, You can't stay. I go, what? He goes, We've already got the buckles wrapped up and but uh and and here's and and he was like uh but you can't stay. He goes, Do you have cash on you? I go, Yeah, that's what I come down here with cash. He goes, You gotta go right now. And I go, why? And he goes, Look, don't look over your shoulder. But there's a guy, about you know he was probably about twenty feet over my right shoulder, who came in today asking if the American was coming down today to buy the belts and buckles because he's coming down on the same day. And the guy he was like, I told him I had no idea, I don't know what, but he's been sitting there staked out waiting for you all day. And I was like, what well, does he want to make belt buckles? You know, I'm naive stupid motherfucker and he was like no that's not what he does he was like he's a criminal that's what he told me he's a criminal he said it's daytime right now the market is packed go straight from here straight to your car and drive and he said I hate to tell you this but you can't come back here you can't come back to my store and he was like it was really nice meeting you and all that stuff but don't come back here and that was it man like the dude I watched the dude followed me out because I would usually go from the bell buckle guy to a place another place in Rosarito which was walking distance, but it was not in the middle of everything. and it was the belt the, bell, the other bell buckle guy in Rosarito was down a little tiny little side street. And if I'd gone down that side street man, like nothing good. I don't think any that's not the yeah, nothing good would have happened there. And it was pretty crazy, man. That wasn't the only time. I remember I went down a little further past Rosarito to this place right on the water that used to serve the best lobster. It's a different lobster, not a Maine lobster. Um, but the best lobster. You'd sit on the patio and eat a lobster and you'd have a great shrimp cocktail and the meal was nothing. It was just a tiny little town. And there was a dude there, one of the four guys who ended up making belt buckles for me, was down there on this little side street and he made his own tequila. And we'd sit there and, and sip some tequila, and um, and he'd tell me about the belt buckle, and I'd ask him about his family, and we'd laugh. And but you know, I was getting my lobster one day, and I could just I I was getting too predictable down there. People knew I carried cash, and they knew I came by myself. And um, I'm walking out of there, and then two dudes just came off of a truck. And just started following me because I was going to go to that dude shop again. And I went straight to my car and drove. It was bananas. It was really bananas a couple of times. Absolutely crazy. But the Nordstrom thing, right? So this dude who I, cause I wouldn't go to Rosarito anymore. I would meet the guy in uh, Tijuana and you know, he'd have to bring the product there. He'd have to go get everything for me and all that shit. I wasn't doing that. And I'd meet him midday downtown and, um, we, I had been, I had gone to San Francisco, probably two weeks earlier. We were about a month out from the wedding, and we were really short. We were really short. We were not going to be able to have the wedding. And I told her, I told Beth, I'm like, we're going to have this fucking wedding. So I drove to San Francisco. I think I was driving. Was I driving a Saturn? My Saturn at the time. I think I was driving my Saturn at the time. I might have had my minivan. I think I drove the minivan. So drove the minivan up to San Francisco. Stayed at my friend Brett Brett's house. And um he was like, "What are you doing?" I go, "I'm going to try to put belt buckles into the stores in San Francisco." I went to all the boutique places, nobody wanted any. And I knew I needed a huge order. So, in San Francisco has Nordstrom store number 1. So I was like, "Oh, that must be where they do the orders." So I went in and I went upstairs to the general manager's office i asked where it was and i said to her i gave her my whole spiel look at these beautiful showed her the pictures of the stars that we had the belt buckles on we had them on a bunch of people um i remember courtney cox bought one through somebody kid rock bought one madonna bought one and um so i told her the whole thing and uh she was like i don't well she said I, unfortunately i don't do the buying here that's all based out of seattle and I was like, oh. And she said, um, but uh, I can um, put you on the phone with the woman in Seattle. And I gave her the whole story. I go, look, I just want you to know, if, if you guys don't make this purchase, I'm not having a wedding. And I go, I know we went in and we went in naive and probably went in over our head. But, we're you know, that's what we do. And I want to be able to do this for her. And I want to be able to give her the wedding that she wants, that we want. And the woman was like, I, I'm with you. The product is great. I don't do the purchasing. And sh- we called up to the woman who does the purchasing in Seattle. And by the way, I'm walking around San Francisco all day. Zero dollars. You know, I was I think I had a pocket full of almonds. It was raining. I had my one terrible suit, which, which did not fit well. You know, my hair gets super juifro when it rains. It was just a bad, bad situation. I was a wet rat and um, I went up there and and the woman was like let's call her and I call her we call her and um, we give her the whole spiel and she goes that's great why don't you send me up a couple samples and I'll get back to you in three weeks Um, she was going over to Europe for some sort of trade show and I didn't have three weeks I I needed I, I needed an answer by the end of this week she was like I'm leaving not tomorrow, but the next day. and Or maybe it was two days. And um, it was end of week. And I was like, is there any way if I FedEx a couple samples up, if you can tell me by end of week? And she said, sure. And um, it just so happened that my grandfather passed um, it, during that week. And I flew out to Boston for his funeral. And we were at... His favorite deli in Brookline, Mass., after the funeral, um, which Jacob says is the first time he ever saw me cry. And my grandpa, what a great dude he was. What a gentleman. That whole generation, just a bunch of fucking gentlemen. You know what I mean? Um, with their hats and their, all the looking slick and shit. But um, I get this phone call from a number I, I don't recognize. So I step outside. And I'm like, Hello? And it was the woman from Seattle, and she was like, "Hey," and I said, "Yeah." And she goes, "I love these," and I said, "Really?" She goes, "We're gonna make a small order because we're not sure how they're gonna sell." But and she named like five, five or six stores up and down the West Coast. I said, "Great." She said, "Here's what you gotta do with the packaging," said, but but we're gonna make it. I go, "Great." She goes, it's "Not gonna be a big order. It's just gonna be like for twelve thousand dollars," and we needed eleven. So we needed eleven for living expenses and then to pay for the rest of the wedding. And I was like, ah, fuck, yeah. So then I went down to the dude. And it, by the way, at this time, I had stopped even going to Mexico because actually things started to get a little shady in Tijuana, too, because I was too predictable. Everybody knew I had cash in my pocket. So I met him closer to like Carlsbad or something like that. And he takes the because Nordstrom wanted the dried flowers. He takes the dried flower belt buckles out. And they're not flowers. It's felt, felt flowers. Somebody had cut out like a fucking third grade art project. They had cut out felt flower, flowers and put them in the belt buckle and put it surrounded with abalone shell. And I'm like, these aren't flowers. And He goes, no, they're flowers. I go, dude, these aren't fucking flowers. That's felt. He goes, no, that's a felt flower though. I go, that's not a real flower, dude. I need dried real flowers. He goes, yeah, but uh, the person I found couldn't make those. I'm like, so you just brought me these? You fucking brought me these? Now, the deal with Nordstrom is if when they come to pick it up, if your order isn't ready, it's canceled. There's no renegotiating. That's what it was. It was so weird to me. There's nothing like that. You couldn't negotiate or like, I need another day. Fucking canceled. So I'm like, well, we're never getting another order. And I thought we're going to get a bunch of orders around the country for these. We're going to make a solid grip of money because they're buying them. Now Nordstrom was only buying them for 125. But that didn't raise my price. At that point I was still making them for 15. So I was like they're going to order them in every store, one order and we're going to be fucking set for a year, right? Um and the fucking felt flowers. It was like the worst. And then it was an assembly line. There were so many. Me, Beth, and my brother Adam came over and put all these belts and buckles together. We had to wrap them a certain way and put them in a package, get them all set. It was ridiculous. You know, there was one time we almost got thrown in jail. Well, I think I've told that story. We almost got thrown in jail in Mexico because we didn't declare them. It was crazy. And Beth, Beth's sister had to get somebody from her work uh, Beth's sister works at a runs a bunch of uh, nursing homes and one of the people who works at a nursing home had a relative down in Rosarita and I told Beth I go we just got stopped by a fucking border patrol they're they said if, if we try to cross again with these belts and buckles they're gonna impound the car oh you know why they found the belts and buckles even though so we get pulled over is said anything to declare I go no and I knew that I should have declared them because they pay taxes because they know if you're gonna resell it they want their money and I go, no, nothing to declare. And he guy goes, okay, pull over because it was a minivan. And he goes, anything to declare? I go, nah. And he searched the van and he found the belt buckles. And he goes, you nothing to declare here? I go, no. And he goes, you're not selling these? I go, no, those are, it's a wedding gift. There's Because it actually was perfect. There were actually 100. We had gone and gotten 100. There were 50 scorpion and 50 flowers. I'm like, there's 50 scorpion and 50 flowers. You can count them up, but that's for the 50 girls and the 50 boys that are going to be at the wedding. We just broke it up. He didn't believe me. As he shouldn't have. He's like, you're not selling these. I go, no, that's for a wedding. They're wedding gifts. And I, <laughs> what he found next was a piece of paper. When when I left um, the house to go get stuff, Beth gave me a piece of paper. She's super organized. She was like, this is what you need. I go, I know what I need. And she goes, this is what you need. I go, I know what I need. You don't have to give me that. You don't have to tell me the prices. I know what the prices are. And we had one of those conversations. She handed me the thing and I handed it back to her and she balled it up and she threw it at me. In the window and it hit my head and it flew into the back seat of the minivan, so I, I didn't even think about it. Dude unwrapped the piece of paper and had all the prices, and he looked at me. He goes, "Let me tell you something. Do you want to go to jail?" And I was like, "No." He goes, "Do you want me to impound your car?" I go, "You're gonna, like, you're gonna detain my car?" And he goes, "No, no, impound. That means you don't get it back, or you can drive back, put these back where you got them, and drive back across the border. But if you come back across the border and there's one belt buckle in your car, one." You're going to jail. I'm taking your car. So I call Beth and I'm like, hey, and I tell her the story. She's like, well, that's terrible, but you have to bring the bell buckles back because we have a big house trunk show tomorrow and, you know, that we're going to sell a hundred of those and that's going to be a ton of dough, you know? And, um, I was like, fuck. So I go, I don't know what to do. I don't want to end up in jail. She goes, hold on. She called our, our, my sister-in-law, Amy. Amy had a friend whose son lived in Rosarito. And Beth calls me back and said, Amy says, this is true. Amy says, go, and I forget the taco joint. Amy says, go to, oh, it's Taco Loco. Go to a, Taco Loco, sit and wait for a man named Pedro. And I was like, well, that sounds fucking shady as shit. But we waited for a dude named Pedro. He pulled up and he was like, Yush. And I go, Pedro? I put him in his car. He drove him across the border. Didn't get stopped. Happy day. We got married. Here we are, everybody. Oh, it's late. We're already running late. So let me just give you one more little bit on this Memorial Day. You know, I reflect upon my oldest son's time in the military and how proud I was, am, of him and the decision he made to serve our country. But I want to relay to you how significant it was for me to realize that they weren't, they're not just people in uniform, that they are people's sons and daughters. They're, they are husbands and wives. And like, they are an integral part of not only just our life, but somebody's family. Too many times they become faceless, you know, just numbers. You know, when you hear about people dying still in afghanistan and you're like it, it and it just you kind of breeze over it do not breeze over that do not breeze over that that is somebody's husband somebody's wife somebody's son somebody's daughter and it's a person who is signed up to fight for you for you uh uh I I it doesn't I, I'm not a big fan of war and I'm not a big fan of invading other people's countries. I'm a big fan of the men and women in our military and the selfless shit that they do. And look guys, I know for a fact I've heard some terrible stories of shit that happens overseas in war. I really I don't condone it and I also don't judge a lot of these Men and women, guys, think about these 18 and 19-year-old people. What were you doing when you were 18 or 19? Were you away from your house, in a desert, trying to stay alive every day? Were you were you getting shot at? Now, I know these are choices that they made, but we need to more support them. Y- you know, we train them so intensely to go overseas and fight our wars, yet we don't train them as intensely... For their journey home. So please, everybody, please, please, please. And I, I donate to something called the Boot Campaign. But if you're ever looking for a a charity, consider something with military and military families. C- consider volunteering. It, it means so much to them to know and to their families to know that the people that they're fighting for have their backs let's never forget that we're free because they're brave you know that's it so on this great memorial day in this great country i just want to tell you guys i love you and come out to my fucking shows you motherfuckers (laughs) and you know what uh I, I must be doing something wrong on this podcast because the numbers keep going down but at the same time I'm having more fun doing it people clearly the solo podcasts do so much worse than when I interview somebody but um i I honestly don't care I've really I thought maybe I did and but I haven't changed it because I like this. I like this and I like talking to you and I like you guys responding to me. Burp. I'm so sorry that happened. I did not. Ever, the burp, the surprise burp is like, I apologize if you have headphones on, because that probably sounded a little wetter than it should have. Um. All right. Now that I've grossed everybody out. Oh, and on Memorial Day, I think it's safe to say it. Everybody's having barbecues. Fuck macaroni salad. Worst side dish ever. Macaroni salad, worst. At, not even close. There's not a side dish that's worse than macaroni salad. So fuck you and your macaroni salad. And all those greasy mayonnaise on noodles. Like, what is going on? Anyways, uh, love you guys. Charlotte this week. Jacksonville the next. Taking a month and a half off. Then Dallas, Texas. And then we're picking it up in August. Going strong. Big news, big things coming up. I can't even tell you quite now. But super excited about uh the next couple months the next couple years and uh and you tell me something good fairly normal later